How the fuck are we, folks? It is your boy coming at you live. Sorry if the audio is a little fucked up. I'm driving home uh, from a dentist appointment. And I know I haven't recorded in a while, so I figured I'd take this opportunity to uh, make a make a quick little pod. Um, yeah, so I definitely need to fucking figure out how to get some type of frequency going. Uh, and... Uh, uh, consistency but the only issue is I mean I'm working and I'm going to school and I mean just life you know so I'm sorry to the three people who actually listen to this um if you're mildly upset or at least annoyed that I post so sporadically that's that's on me I'll take that um it probably won't get any better but you know there's that um today we're gonna talk about I mean we're just gonna go over a couple things. We're going to talk about Iowa. Uh, We're going to talk about leading into New Hampshire, what's going on there. And uh, along the way, I think we're going to cover uh, a little bit of what was going to be the previous podcast, which turned out to be uh, a blog post because it was easier. Uh, So go ahead and check that out. It's uh, titled uh, Who Not to Vote For, I think is the title. Uh, I also posted a blog about Iowa and what happened there. You can find both of those at uh, Blogspot, um, and uh, if you follow me uh, as an annoying question boy on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, uh, my link for my actual blog is in my descriptions on those pages, but uh, let's go ahead and get right into it. Let's uh, get the fucking intro music rolling. I mean, as many of you uh, might have (laughs) read about, uh, the Iowa caucus kind of got, I don't even know how to describe it. Iowa fucked up, folks. Iowa fucked up. Um, But the issue is way more systemic than Iowa. And I'm sure that if you listen to this podcast or uh, even have considered any type of uh, logical thinking in your own spare time, you're aware of this. I mean, for years now, for years now, um, the DNC has been equally, if not more, corrupt than the RNC. Um, And to anyone who takes offense to that, we're going to cover why I feel that way in this pod. So hold your uh, angry comments until the end. But yeah, the DNC has proven once more that it will do just about anything to prevent any true uh, progressive and systemic change. Um, It will do anything to prevent a candidate that does not serve the likes and necessities of the status quo and the 1% uh, to get rid of them. It will do anything to keep Bernie Sanders down. Um, Now, if you're unfamiliar with Iowa, um, and when I reference the Iowa caucus, what that really means. So, in layman's terms, in the dumbest explanation I can give you, what the Iowa caucus basically is, is a group of a bunch of white people go to schools, churches, gyms, all that shit, and they caucus. And what that means is one candidate's following kind of sets up a booth in an area of the room. 
they stand there and they have their pamphlets, they have their speakers, their, you know, shit like that. And then they have people who go around to uh, other caucusers and basically try to convince them why their candidate uh, should get that person's vote. At the end, um, everyone puts in their votes. Uh, the leaders of each uh, spot count the the votes and then they report them to uh i believe it's the the actual iowan uh democratic uh whatever you want to call it um the iowa dnc and uh then they report that to the news so if this makes little to no sense to you good you're on the same fucking uh level as everyone else Um, The Iowa caucus was useful in 1800 to about 1807. That was was the prime time for the Iowa caucus. Um, I don't even know if the Iowa caucus was a thing back then, but it should have been because that would have been the time that it would have made sense. So real quick, let me cover uh, reasons why the Iowa caucus is not useful and actually hinders any type of democratic establishment. So, for one, the only way that the Iowa caucus can benefit from you or you can benefit from the Iowa caucus is if you can afford uh, to get there, if you can afford the ability to find out where that is, um, if you can take time off work, if you can pay a babysitter to watch your kids, if you can get away from school, if you can get away from your responsibilities. Those, that's the group of people that is allowed to uh, benefit from the Iowa caucus. And that's why I say a bunch of white people go to it. Because if you are a working class citizen, if you are barely above the poverty line, as most Americans are, um, you can't afford to caucus because you can't miss work. Um, If you have children, you can't afford daycare, uh, extra daycare that you already, you know, wouldn't have been able to afford. Uh, You probably... uh, will have to spend more money on gas. You'll have to buy food for that day that you might not have needed to. Um, You might not be able to get away from school. Uh, If you're a college student, you might not have transportation because in Iowa, the public transit isn't as good as larger cities like New York or California. Um, So if you don't have a vehicle, you either walk or hope that uh, some form of busing will be able to get you there. So all of these things combined really take out a big portion of the grassroots community that is for Bernie. So right off the gate, Bernie Sanders and his campaign are coming in with a handicap in Iowa. Uh, Even though most polls before the caucus showed Bernie uh, in the lead or uh, following uh, Pete in a very close second place... um, that was not taking into account, which most polls and surveys don't, uh, the amount of people who might not have been home when the call came because they were at work or at school, uh, don't get the mail because they can't afford a house or a P.O. box, um, don't have internet access, you know, many of these things. They all culminate into, uh, what is commonly used to undercut true systematic, uh, changers like Bernie Sanders because as someone who has such a grassroots you know uh following 
there's a lot of people who are not capable of accessing these things that are kind of assumed to be accessible uh, from a lot of different things in government. Um, so there's that. Another reason why the Iowa caucus is uh, Stone Age is because you're only really going there in order to try to get state delegates, which I don't completely understand the use of delegates in the voting system and everything like that. I'll have to re-up. I I haven't learned about this shit since like 8th grade, and I probably wasn't paying attention then because I didn't give a shit then. But basically state delegates are kind of like extra votes tallied into your vote count when you actually run for president, I believe. Um, But state delegates are so fucking unimportant that the Iowa caucus and any caucus for that matter should not even be a, a system that we're using. I mean, the way it should really work is just the popular vote. Um, and if you look at the results, well, I won't even get there yet. Um, so here's what happened. Iowa caucus, boom, it starts. Uh, the whole day, everyone's paying attention to it. There's video from many different news sites and everything like that going over it. Uh, it's looking like Bernie's going to come out with the win. Um, end of the day, we're all sitting in front of our computers or our TVs or our phones just waiting to see the results. First things first, the next morning we find out still no results. Everyone who's like me who uh, is very um, wary of the, the whole voting system in this country, let alone just the DNC, uh, right away knew something was up. Right away knew something was up. So if you're wondering um, where the actual corruption came from, let me explain that as well. So before the Iowa caucus came to fruition, it was released that a new voting system was going to be used. Uh, partially at least. Uh, There was an app developed for the Iowa caucus that was going to help polling places collect the votes and send them in in an easier, more uh, quick fashion. Um, Prior to the Iowa caucus, the creator of the app was not known. Which, I mean, I can't believe that even that made the cut. Like, after they knew that they didn't have any idea who the creator was, they still used it. It was crazy. But it's also recently come out in the last couple days that absolutely no security vetting was done by any government agency, whether it was statewide or nationwide, to prove the legitimacy of this app. Which is fucking crazy. And what makes it even crazier, real quick, this is my favorite part, the app was called or, I'm sorry, the app was created by a company called Shadow. What the fuck? How? How? That's super villain shit right there, people. That is, like, it, when you watch, like, a cartoon and, like, the, the bad guy owns this huge corporation. That's the name of the corporation in the fucking uh, bad guy uh, cartoon shit. That... And... It, On top of that, the owner of Shadow is called Acronym. What the fuck? 
All right, so I'm going to stop screaming real quick. I'm going to stop freaking out and uh, use this time to talk about uh, another crazy thing about Shadow and Acronym, which is the uh, people who uh, own and operate the two companies. So Acronym is basically this made-up business the same way that think tanks and all those places like that are made-up businesses. And it is a corporation that is run by mostly former Democratic candidate operators, such as Hillary Clinton's uh, campaign members, Barack Obama's campaign members, and, ready for this, Pete Buttigieg campaign managers are on the board for both Acronym and Shadow. So there's that. One strike against Pete Buttigieg. Boom. Nice little whip on his uh, skinny ass. Um, The second whip on the skinny ass of uh, Pete Buttigieg is um, his campaign donated, quote-unquote, donated, quote-unquote, donated $50,000 to the creation of this app. Now, if you're not already on board with me and the mind that I am working with, another crazy thing was the Pete website had accolades at the bottom and companies that it had donated to. One of the companies at the bottom of the website a week before the Iowa caucus was Shadow. The day before the Iowa caucus, Shadow was removed from the list of, uh, I believe it was actually donors, um, on that website. A little sketchy, but, you know, there's three strikes right there. I, I shouldn't even need to go any further than that. That's corruption at its fucking most finite level. Um, but it goes even deeper. I mean, we waited three whole days before even 60% of the polling totals were released. And at that point, it had showed uh, Pete at the lead. But before we even got the polling totals, Pete had gone on record as saying he had won. And CNN, MSNBC, all these news sites were releasing information saying that Pete had won before even 60% of the polling places had released their data. That is Juan Guaido shit. Juan Guaido, if you don't know, look into him, you know, and the corrupt coup that America created in Venezuela. Um, But nobody said shit Tom Perez, the leader of the DNC, did not do shit. The DNC didn't do shit. The Iowa Democratic Committee did not do shit. The the caucus polling places did not do shit. CNN, MSNBC, none of these places said anything. They just allowed Pete to announce his victory when there was absolutely no empirical evidence proving, one, what even the, the polling numbers were at all, and two, that he had won. So finally, here we are. It's uh, about a week and a half after Iowa. And uh, Pete 
had the highest percentage by 0.1%. So Pete finished with 26.2%. Bernie finished with 26.1%. However, in true American democratic fashion, Bernie had actually won the popular vote by, I believe, almost 15,000 votes. And yet, somehow or another, Pete sits pretty with 0.1% higher uh, total and the same number of delegates, state delegates, as Bernie. How the fuck does any of this make any kind of sense, people? Not only does the Iowa caucus itself not make any sense, but this is so fucking corrupt and nonsensical that everyone should be just standing in front of Tom Perez's house fucking peeing on his front lawn. Because this is just true and utter corruption. So now it comes out, you know, all this information about shadow, about acronym, about who sits on the board, about the popular votes, and... Bernie won. By all accounts, Bernie won the Iowa caucus. He had the most popular votes. My favorite thing is people who were pro-Hillary in 2016, who are now pro-Pete or pro-Warren or anything like that, who are talking about, oh, Bernie didn't win. He didn't have the highest percentage. Pete did. Are the same people who in 2016 were screaming, how the fuck is the electoral college still a thing when... Hillary had the popular vote. How is Hillary not the president? There's the same people screaming that shit in 2016 who are saying, no, actually, Pete won because he had the highest percent. So fuck all that shit. The Iowa caucus is absolute bullshit. So here's here's what we have to do as Bernie burners. All right, this is this is what we need to do. As people who are pro-Bernie, we need to take this and look at it for what it actually was. Iowa and what happened there was an attempt to absolutely demoralize you. To make you say, you know what? He really can't do it. They're going to do whatever they can to make sure he can't do it. And I'm here to tell you that we cannot adopt that philosophy. We also cannot adopt the philosophy of Clinton voters in 2016 who are taking the victim route, who are saying, see, this is unfair. The DNC is bullshit, and they're just, you know, this is unfair. This is unkind. They're just... Yes, there, yes, it is unfair. Yes, it is unkind. Yes, it is corrupt. Yes to all of that. But that doesn't fucking matter because it's not going to change. So don't take that route. The route we need to take is say, they cheated and Bernie still fucking won. Bernie still had the popular votes even after they cheated. He still won Iowa even after they cheated. That is the route that we need to take. And we need to take that and say, they're going to cheat again in New Hampshire. They're going to cheat again in Nevada. They're going to cheat again it's Super Tuesday. And we need to take that and use that as motivation to say, I don't give a fuck if they cheat. We're going to be boots on the ground. We're going to be fighting every tooth and limb that we can in order to prove that even amongst cheating, even amongst corruption, there is nothing that can be done to eradicate the true and utter grassroots working class coalition that is the Bernie Sanders campaign and the Bernie Sanders voters. So yes, the DNC is corrupt. Tom Perez is corrupt. 
whatever. Who gives a shit right now? Right now, that is not important. Right now, that is not what should be focused on. Right now, what should be focused on is how we use this as fuel. Which I'll talk about at the end of this segment. But what I first want to talk about is to those of you who are Warren voters, maybe Buttigieg voters, maybe even Yang or Biden voters. Which, if you're voting for Yang or Biden, do me a favor, take your vote and wipe your ass with it. Because that's what it's worth. Your vote for Biden or Yang is absolutely worthless because, one, they're not going to be the nominee, and, two, you're not going to amass even enough people to get them uh, as a tally on the write-in on the ballot. So let me tell you guys who are pro-Warren, who are pro-Buttigieg, who maybe have this ideology that, uh, you know, Bernie is too far left, Bernie's too radical... Bernie is trying to shake up a lot of what has kept the American people uh, one of the quote-unquote freest people on this earth. Um, I say to you, yes, he is. Um, And that's a good thing. And let me try to explain to you why. So uh, the common phrase that is used for someone who's a moderate like Warren um, or Buttigieg, or Biden, or Yang, or Klobuchar, or any of those people. Um, uh, people who are moderates, and the term that is currently used for them is uh, reaching across the aisle. Uh, that obviously illustrates that the, these Democratic moderates are willing to work with Republicans in order to find middle ground. The reason why this is not good is because we're not at the aisle, all right? There are two groups of people who are allowed to reach across the aisle. You got Republican government officials and Democratic government officials. You and me don't even get to look at the fucking aisle. We don't even get to see the handshakes. We don't even get to see the reaches under the table. Last time I checked, the government was in place in every country, especially in America, as a way to preserve and make sure that the American people, the American citizen, has a country, a life, and a government that is existent solely to create a safe and healthy place for them. What I mean by this is reaching across the aisle is not what we want to do as people and if you think about it logically you'll understand because as someone who ism is as let me say that again for those who want to vote for democratic moderates what that means is you're allowing them and giving them permission to appease other government officials who aren't there for the betterment of us Democratic moderates, as well as Republicans, as well as most people in government, are solely in government in order to create a better life for themselves. Because as a government official, for the most part, I mean, there's always exclusions, but for the most part, if you're a government official, you are of the 1%. You are of the bourgeoisie. And your laws that you pass, the policies you vote on, the lobbyists you listen to, all of that is there to create a better and more successful life for yourself, not only in government, but after government. I mean, if you look at a lot of people who 
formerly ran for president or any type of government spot, a lot of them have these uh, real cushy jobs in these think tanks, maybe in these financial advisor corporations, uh, oil company board members. They all are there just simply to create a spot for themselves after they leave government or in government in order to make themselves more money in order to get themselves higher in society. Whereas the intentionality behind any government is to fight for the citizen because we don't have a voice. If you think about the American government logically and you look at it from an outside perspective, the American, the, the common American citizen, you and I go to work every day, nine to five, go home, eat dinner, go to bed, do it again, don't have money to go to uh, the Bahamas every year, don't have money to buy all these fancy cars, you know what I mean? The, the common quote-unquote middle-class citizen does not have a voice. Who has the voice is those who can afford to have a voice. So when you look at someone like Elizabeth Warren or Pete Buttigieg who says, I want to work with Republicans, I want to work with the other members in government and figure out what works best for us. They're not saying, I want to figure out what works best for everyone in the country. They're saying, I want to figure out what works best for me and this guy who both got a million dollars in our pocket, who both have influence, who both have power. Not Joe Schmo who works at Dunkin' Donuts or Cindy who works at Buffalo Wild Wings or you who works for U-Haul and Fast Track and H&R Block, you know? What, what I'm trying to say is we want a radical. We want someone who's far left because that's the guy who's going to go in and say, this isn't about me, not me, us. This is about creating a better society and a better government system so that those people who can't afford to take off work to go caucus, who can't afford to pay a babysitter so they can go vote, who can't afford to get rid of their second job so they have time to go back to college, and say, these are the people who are truly the American citizen, who are truly the people we need to fight for. And I want to go in and create a government that works for them. Create a system that only allows government officials to work for them. That's what we want. And that's why I think a lot of people who are Warren and Buttigieg supporters don't like Bernie. Because they don't truly understand what radical and left means. Um because they've been propagandized or taught their entire life that anything similar to that is anti-American. Where, whereas America, a lot of the policies that we appreciate and love, such as Social Security, the welfare system, things of this nature, are left ideals, are quote-unquote, and definitely were at that time, radical ideas. I mean, uh, oh, who is it now? I can't think of his fucking name. No, I can picture him, though. FDR said the American citizen should be given a place to live, money to eat, a job, affordable health care, affordable transportation. These are all things that as a human being we require. And yet the American government says, oh, wait, 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 you want these things? All right. Give me your money. Give me your money. Give me your money. When we can't even afford to get maybe a third meal, we can't afford to take an extra day off of work and, you know, get some R&R because then we have to pay a babysitter, we have to take off work, all these things. 
and yet they think, oh, you want public transportation, oh, you want to afford your medicine, oh, you want to afford a meal, or oh, you want to be able to have a place to sleep, give me all your money when we don't have it. And someone like Bernie Sanders, someone like AOC, Nina Turner, Ilhan Omar, all these people, Rashida Tlaib, these are all people who are fighting for and working towards creating a government that works for you and me. Not me, us. The U.S. citizen, the common American person is who the government should be working for. If you're still listening at this point, just know that I love and appreciate you. Um, Yet again, it has been your boy. Um, I'm pretty proud of this podcast, actually. Uh, I did a, a very good job of explaining everything I wanted to do. So go ahead and fucking share it because I would really appreciate that. If you don't already, go ahead and find me on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, which I'm very inactive on, and Instagram at Annoying Question Boy. If you're listening to this podcast, just know you can also listen to it uh, on Anchor. You can listen to it on Apple Podcasts, and you can find me on Spotify as well. Um, Along with the podcast, I also have a blog. Um, It is also Annoying Question Boy. It's on Blogger or Blogspot, depending on how you go about searching it. That's how you'll find it. Da-da-da-da-da. That link for both of these will be in either my description or posted somewhere on all four of my social media platforms. Thank you very kindly for listening. I hope you have a wonderful day. Go ahead and have sex. I I give you full permission to have sex. Smoke as much weed as you want. Um, Also, do whatever drugs uh, you need to take in order to uh, feel good about yourself. Um, Throw a snowball at a police officer and pee in his coffee cup. uh, And have a wonderful fucking day.